Hiya and welcome to another episode of The Jewel Case with me, John Darcy. You may be listening on Lisburn's 98 FM or you may be listening on Bangor FM or FM 105 in Downpatrick or maybe you're listening uh, on the podcast on Google Play or on iTunes. Whatever way you're listening, you're more than welcome and tonight I have a very special guest for you. We're in Lisburn's 98 FM studio today in my company. It's Michael Clark. Hello. You may know him from The Michael Clark Show or from the score, or from his commentary on Northern Irish football. Michael, how are you? I'm doing brilliantly, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I was thinking the football is upon us. It's the only time of the year I'm really aware of football, (laughs) or the only time of life whenever there's one of these major international tournaments, and uh, it's the Euros, and I hear we're in it this year. Yeah, it kind of ruins everyone else's TV viewing, doesn't it? (laughs) Where's Coronation Street gone? Yeah. Uh, So I thought I'd get my local football expert in for a chat uh, to talk me through the music of football. Brilliant. You're the expert. Um, if people, if you haven't caught your your shows on Lisburn's 98 FM, you, you do the score every Friday, which is our showcase for sport. What sort of stuff goes on there every week? So the score is an opportunity for us to discuss the big breaking stories in the local sports scene. That could be international football at the minute. Obviously, we're looking at Northern Ireland in the Euros and we will be reflecting on their defeat to Poland on Sunday. But It's a chance as well to showcase the talent of up-and-coming sports stars across the country. So that is in a variety of disciplines. It's everything um, from football and rugby to lesser talked-about sports in Northern Ireland, like Ultimate Frisbee, MMA, you name it, we've probably covered it. Ladies dodgeball, roller derby, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you had an MMA fighter in the other week actually I was sitting in our studio space we have a little office and there's glass through and um, a female MMA fighter came in and um, you were actually trying to get your co-host at the time to admit that he'd probably lose to her in a fight but he just wouldn't No, uh, it was strange I mean she's a European champion at the moment and she's going to the World Championships next month in in Las Vegas and Josh who is the co-presenter of The Score has this long-running joke that he thinks he could last a few minutes in a ring with Ronda Rousey, who is one of the most uh, lethal female yeah. combatants Just going. lethal combatants full stop, right? Full stop, yeah. I mean, there's a reason she is being cast in so many action movies. She is a superhero. She's such a fantastic athlete. And Josh has this long-running joke that he could beat her. And I think he's made it up so long now that he thinks it might be true. So I thought it'd be interesting <laughs> in front of a European champion if he would back down. But no, I think he's now going to get two women to beat him up instead of did one. Did he get a wallop on the way out? I hope he did. <laughs> Health and safety wouldn't allow it, but part of me hopes at least he tripped on a curb or something. Yeah, so it's sort of karma, MMA karma. So we've, we've had one game so far in the Euros. Northern Ireland played Poland on Sunday. We didn't get there in the end. You know, I was watching it with my dad on, on the sofa and uh, I thought it looked a little bit lopsided. The ball was in our half for too much of that game. And I'm, I'm not an expert in football, but I could tell that was bad. Yeah, it didn't go brilliantly, if we're being honest. I watched it with my family as well. and My mum doesn't very often sit down to football matches. It was that kind of occasion, though. Northern Ireland, for the first time in 30 years, were in a major tournament for the first time ever in the European Championships. And so, yeah, we all sat down and it was interesting hearing this, the change in the, the commentary within the room, if that makes sense, as, as she sort of observed things and squealed as shots went wide and that. It wasn't a great performance by Northern Ireland. I think we probably gave Poland a little bit too much respect in that we sat back and anticipated the pressure they were going to put on us. Who's our next match again? So we have Ukraine on Thursday, uh, which is now a must win. Um, there's no question about it. Ukraine were beaten 2-0 by Germany on Sunday. That result means that Northern Ireland currently sit third in the group. Ukraine are fourth. 
and mm. some of the third place teams can qualify. So Northern Ireland now can't really afford to get a draw because they're trying to get a better points tally than other third place teams from other groups. If if we look at it that way, whilst mathematically they could still win the group, we're trying to be pragmatic and realistic. So let's be the best or one of the best third place teams. So let's beat Ukraine, condemn them to the bottom, <laughs> and just hope that other teams Sorry, don't do Ukraine. as well as us. Uh, you know, you know, it's not impersonal, Ukraine. But <laughs> you just got to get it done. It's a sport at the end of the day. There are winners and there will be losers. And I hope on Thursday we're among the winners. I thought I thought the taking part was all that counted. No, not sports day. <laughs> You know, I heard um, there was a, th- th- this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I, I know a parent, they, their child was at an egg and spoon race and there was actually an argument w- with parents like being so competitive over their child's placing in the egg and spoon. No, he was actually fourth, not fifth. Oh yeah. He, photo finish. <laughs> I'm glad they grew up in similar households to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, let's talk about that because you've been presenting the score for a little while, but you also do match commentary. Where did that all come from? How did how did you get interested in talking over the visuals of people playing a game? This is, I don't know, uh, <laughs> this is probably a bit of a peculiar answer. The honest truth behind it is I used to commentate over my computer games when I was four or five and nobody told me to do that. But when I was growing up playing the Sega Mega Drive and then on the Nintendo and PlayStation and the commentary at that stage was so basic, it didn't exist initially, and then it was so basic that even as a child, I realized that yeah. there was something missing from the football experience as I understood it. So I would turn the game down and I would commentate probably terribly over the top of it. <laughs> and I used to get in trouble because of sometimes mispronunciation. And there were two great examples. Um, there's a German midfielder who used to play for Bayern Munich in the 90s called Stefan Effenberg. <laughs> okay. And there was a Croatian, Croatian striker called Davar Sucker, but as a child I thought his name was Sucker. So I was shouting Sucker and Effenberg quite a lot. And my mum came up to my room and, and told me off for, <laughs> for using foul language. And I said, but the, it's his name, mum. <laughs> yeah, sure. She didn't realise this was your life's work you were preparing yeah, for. I'm preparing for my career. I actually <laughs> met Davar Sucker a couple of years ago and was able to tell him the story. So he found it quite amusing. But yeah, it's funny how those things pan out. You know, But that's where it all began in my bedroom. My dad used to come up to my room after work and say the neighbours want to know how it finished. <laughs> so I was obviously not great with the old volume control either, but very passionate from a very young age. I, I have a similar experience but that mine's even more embarrassing that I would have like the wrestling action figures um, stone cold and the rock and a little you know the toy ring and I would sort of bounce them off each other and like do all the moves (laughs) but I would commentate on that in a really high pitched voice and I would be trying to emulate the voice of the announcer but with my wee vocal cords it was like so who were you I was king you were king (laughs) I was usually king I used to do that with JR so (laughs) I had a full American accent oh my god he's killed him he's broken him in half I used to do that oh my god oh my god oh my god but my dad would come in and say why is Mickey Mouse talking over the wrestling (laughs) I was not amused by that. No. <laughs> Dad, don't you see? Well, maybe if we could have got it together back then, we could have been a proper announcing team then. A stellar broadcast team. We would have complimented each I'll other. I'll do colour commentary. You do play-by-play. Yeah, I would have said it. <laughs> and what do you do now then? So are you the play-by-play announcer when yeah, you do things? Yeah, that's right. So on, on Sports Sound on Saturdays on BBC Radio Ulster, we would have an analyst alongside us. That would be typically someone that's played in the Irish League for a number of years. They may have progressed and played across the water but it's a, it's a footballer or a past footballer someone who's an expert in the field yeah. my job is to describe it's to paint the picture for you at home or wherever you're listening to us what exactly is going on so um it's it's an awful lot of fun it's a privilege i'd be 
if I was at a football game, I'd be doing all that anyway. So the fact that anybody wants to pretend that I'm working at it, it's lovely. The hardest bit's all the, the research and prep that goes in beforehand mm. and it takes hours, but I enjoy that stuff. So it doesn't really bo- bother me that much. When you hear it on TV, um, it, it does sound like it's just rolling off the tongue and off the head, but then you forget there's probably loads of pages of details, statistics. And you realise very quickly into doing it that the system you thought that would work the first time you ever did it was terrible and you just need to keep refining it and making it less terrible until eventually you sound like you know what you're talking about because inevitably I mean Irish League grounds you could be very limited in terms of where you can put your notes in front of yourself some grounds don't really have much of a table space in front Mm. of you and then it doesn't take very long before you realise it tends to rain here and your notes turn into paper mache or it's very windy and it has happened to me on occasion where your team sheet is blown away into the stand. (laughs) So you need to be really on top of your game and make sure that you have backups or that you have things weighed down or weighted down that you don't want to lose. And there was a a game we did um, at Seaview Crusaders, an evening game. It was an amazing match. It ended up 4-3 in a a cup uh, semi-final, Crusaders-Balamina. And I was there um, for that match. And the occasion itself, you could just feel in the crowd this was a big game. And it, I have to say, this isn't typical of Crusaders. They're a wonderful club to work with. But on that occasion, they were very late getting me the team sheet. And the presenter had just said, and now we're going to cross over to Michael Clark with the latest team news. I had none. So I was basically filling time, talking about something different, pretending I wasn't diverting. And then the, the sheet got handed to me. I thought, thank goodness. And I went to put it down. And I no sooner put it down than a gust of wind <laughs> propelled it several rows down in front of me. But thankfully, a very kind supporter caught it and brought it back up. And he saved my bacon that day. But I wouldn't have a clue otherwise. So See, the supporter was just worried of you actually going in the stands and just doing live commentary <laughs> into his ear. See, that's the thing as well, because they're... Often the supporters are right around us, you know, and there, there's loads of funny stories of supporters falling on top of commentators or whatever. But <laughs> I, I tend to feel sorry for the, the fans that plonk themselves in front of me because they think, oh, we'll keep up to date. But inevitably, they just end up being deafened. Well, you, um, you've got your finger on the pulse of local football. Is there any of the players in the local league who have made it on to the team for the Euros this year? Nobody this year as such. Um, Stuart Dallas is the best example of someone who played uh, a couple of years ago in Northern Ireland, he played for Crusaders, made the move across the water, um, Brentford and then Leeds, and now he's, he's playing for Northern Ireland. He came off the bench on Sunday. So I recognise that name. I saw him. He, he's doing brilliantly, and his, his uh, brother, I think it is, still plays football here in Northern Ireland. That's kind of one of the wonderful things. you know. Yeah. They, they, although they are international stars, they just feel very much like normal people with great talent, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to maybe how English footballers are treated and how they're perceived in the media. So they're incredibly approachable. But Stuart Dallas is one of the great breakthrough stories. And sadly, Liam Boyce wasn't selected to to represent Northern Ireland at the European Championships. He played in the qualification process. Not that long ago, he made a move across to Scotland to play for Ross County. He was at Cliftonville. And I'd commentated in his matches and he is a terrific player. So I was disappointed to find out he hadn't made the final cut. But we have some very good players in the league currently and we have had over the last number of years. I, I don't know. In my opinion, I think the... The talent is increasing here and I'm not sure why that is, but it's great to see. Maybe infrastructure and training at a local level, mm. getting people when they're younger. Plus, I think when you have those, do you want to call them champions, when you have those people that make the step across the water, yeah. not only does it allow others to think, well, maybe I could do that, but it also makes coaches in England and Scotland probably think, well, he came from Northern Ireland. and So what about the players who are based over in England, Scotland, Wales? Um, who, who are your sort of 
picks of who might surprise us during the Euros of p- players on the NI team? I think we've such a such a small squad that our our country knows exactly what we've brought with us, you know. So I don't think there are too many surprise players. Kyle Lafferty is our leading goal scorer um, that's still active. He's had a very, very good qualification process. This is a different step up and it depends on the way the system was set up. So the expectation for goals is behind Kyle Lafferty. Outside of that, a couple of other strikers, Josh McGuinness, maybe people will consider the least likely of all our strikers to add to the goals tally, although he did score a very important goal in the qualifying process against Greece. You've Will Grigg, who has a popular song with He has a you, song, we're going to talk about that later. He's on fire, so <laughs> maybe come back to him. His goal scoring form for Wigan this season has been tremendous, and he, he has scored for Northern Ireland. Then you've got Washington, who is an explosive player. I really like him. I thought he made a good impact against Poland, albeit he didn't get a shot off. Mm-hmm. But the Northern Ireland squad doesn't have too many surprise packages in it. Um, maybe in the qualification process, you would have said a few of the players that have come through and excelled were surprises. Yeah. Um, the likes of Norwood coming to prominence and the manager's ability to sort of rejig the team and and give other people opportunities. But at this stage, Stephen Davis in the heart of midfield of the Southampton player, he's our he's our star man. He's our best footballer. Yeah. Johnny Evans, former Manchester United player, a rock at the back. Gareth McCauley as well. So you you go through the team, and it's no surprise that the players who are at or who, or who have been at the biggest clubs are the the biggest asset to us, and the ones that we we need to be on form if we are to stand any chance in this tournament. Well, here's hoping we get through a round. That would be absolutely fantastic. I think we'd all lose the plot. <laughs> yeah, what would happen? I have no idea. All the, all the people who've went over to watch Northern Ireland would be like, oh no, we have to book another week in the hostel. <laughs> because at the moment, right, I don't know if anybody noticed this or if you were at the fan zone the other night, but we got beaten, right? <laughs> I thought we won the World Cup or something. <laughs> the fans are great. They they lose their mind supporting their team every single game. When Northern Ireland conceded against Poland, our fans were louder than the Polish. <laughs> you know, that's, that is what that is what type of fans we have. They're brilliant. So goodness knows what will happen if we win because when they qualified, I've never seen anything like it. Do um, you know what? It is the taking part that counts. <laughs> there, there is that sort of weird feeling here. We're so grateful we'll be in there. You know, England are very critical. So because uh-huh. they're so used to qualifying, when they draw against Russia, the nature of the draw didn't help. It was a last minute goal from Berezutsky, but... Because they dominated that game and didn't win and everyone thinks England should win and they've never won an opening game and all this build up. When they when that happens, everyone starts to, the manager's terrible, the players and the tactics and the formation, everyone gets really upset. With Northern Ireland, there was a little bit of that, I won't lie, but the majority of our fans are just so grateful for this opportunity, something that none of us, including myself, thought would happen in their lifetime. Well, let's take a zoom out because you're listening to the Jewel Case with me, John Darcy, and Michael, you know that the bit I'm more interested in is the music. Yeah. Well, the costumes as well, but the music. <laughs> <laughs> and this year we have some interesting musical offers. It's always it's always fun to hear what's going to come out, what countries are going to put out their song to sort of be their musical mascot for the year. But uh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, I don't know if you've heard this, that David Guetta has done the official anthem for the whole tournament. And it's called This One's For You. Let, let's hear a little bit of this. We were born to fly So let's keep living Till it all falls down Let's close our eyes And let the moment Drown our whole world out We're in this together Hear our hearts beat 
So that is a little bit of David Guetta featuring Zara Larson. This one's for you, and that's our official song for the Euros this year. I don't mind that. You know, it's it's kind of like a fifth place Eurovision song. Yes, it is. That, that is exactly the feel of it. They did it's, it. It's a bit vanilla. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was actually funny. We were watching. I was watching this with my girlfriend and her sister on uh, Friday night. Right. And we're sitting going, and, and right, who are these? Who are these people? <laughs> you know. And I said, Oh, it's David Guetta. Okay. And then I got Zara Larson. Or the one person in the room went, "Is that Kitty Perry?" <laughs> I was like, "A blonde <laughs> Kitty Perry." <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Um, it's not bad, but. There have definitely have been better. So did you you watch the opening ceremony? Yeah. Um. What What did he do? Did he pretend to DJ? Pretty much. <laughs> I'm I'm so old fashioned and all this sort of stuff. I don't like opening ceremonies. You know, that's for the Super Bowl or whatever. All this grand yeah. pantomime. It's a football match. It's a football tournament, and I just want to watch the sport. I don't really care for all the singing and dancing and prancing about. Again, it comes back to all all the the economy, doesn't it? Because all the big cities uh, put their application in to get the tournament. The tournament comes and part of the whole package is that, you know, we're going to have this big opening ceremony and it's going to show off our city and there's going to be a big monument yeah. to the Eiffel Tower or Sydney Opera House or whatever and it's going to be, be great for the tourism of the city. It's like in the Olympics when they bring out every single country with every single flag. Oh, and I like that though. Oh, when I, they do the big parade around. It. it goes on too long, but that's great. And it gives the athletes a wee chance to wave out. Lee Evans does a great sketch on that. Does he? Yeah, just because you know all the countries you've never heard of, but now you're kind of going, oh, they're, yeah. you know, he's gone a stan, he's come back a stan. <laughs> you're thinking, are they still, what's happening here? How long will this go on for? Do you know, I noticed the, the last Olympics, the London ones, I watched that and, uh, you know, I just must have been in a different headspace than usual because I actually watched it, the whole thing of the whole train Do of you know all what? the countries. And it got to the end and there's like an other, other countries, like people who aren't associated with the country. Independence. Yeah. yeah. I liked that. It was actually really good. I watched that when I had been in London for the one year to go party. Right. And I I was there for Boris Johnson's speech. I was there, saw, you know, Lord Seb Coe and whoever else, Princess Anne, and they were all doing their deliveries to the public in Trafalgar Square. And that atmosphere, it actually maintained me in my interest for an entire year. Mm. I just thought this was such a great thing to, to be honest, stumble upon. I was in London on a holiday. I had no intention of being part of any of this. And I just, one day saw them setting up and I asked a security guard, what, what's going on? And he sort of looked at me as if, where have you been? <laughs> this is, you know, one year to go. And, all. and um, sure enough, I came back and it was great. Well, see, when it comes to the Olympics, has is football now taking, taken seriously in the Olympics or are, are the players taking it more seriously? Because you get the feel like um, some of these sports that have their own major tournaments don't really take the Olympics that seriously. I mean, the US um, only started taking basketball more seriously in recent years. It goes in peaks and troughs. Um, so occasionally they'll send just college teams but now they send their big stars and that's nearly like a, an advertisement for the league in a way has football done that yet? I don't think it's really caught on it's closer than it has been it's probably the best way of putting it but you know there was Team GB in wasn't there at one point and it's a bit rubbish some of the some of the home associations didn't want to participate in it. They afraid they were afraid that it was going to end up being one big amalgamated Team GB forever. Oh, then and right. all this. Uh, imagine politics getting in the way of anything. But uh, <laughs> so it's not uh, a medal at any country's necessarily going after at the minute. No, no. Um, it is. I mean, there are Mexico. I think were the last team to win it off the top of my head. So there are countries competing for it. Yeah. But is it the thing that everyone's talking about? Oh, I hope we win the Olympic football. 
probably not quite. Not in the same way that when Andy Murray won gold at the Olympics, there was a real sense mm -hmm. of achievement and pride. I, I don't think that's quite there yet. You know, eventually it will. I'd say it's just a, probably a, a matter of course and just the way we're sort of the way that this, the different competitions are marketed to the fans as well plays a part in that. And then who competes? Do the mm. major players compete? Or is there a bit of apathy amongst them? I mean, there's already apathy for, um, here's me talking about basketball again, um, a lot of the major stars that are partaking in the Olympics this year, um, whether it's because they have injuries mm. or if that's just an excuse because there's, a, there's all this talk about viruses and organisational things. So who knows what's going to happen there at the Olympics this Everyone year? Everyone issuing the most bland statements ever. If yeah. I, you know, if I could get really sick, I don't want to do this. <laughs> well, you don't say, you know. But everyone feels it's not just basketball players. It's Rory McIlroy and, mm. and others as well saying, "Well, if I get the Zika virus, I, I wouldn't be very happy." You're like, well, obviously, yeah. So. See, you should just make up a wee ankle injury and, and just ahead of that, and then take the weight off. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, we're so well, let's get back to the Euros. We're in France, so can I play you? I don't know if you've heard this yet. This is France's official song Ooh, okay. for the Euros, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing your facial expression when I play this. I was made for loving you, my team. <laughs> you were made for loving me. Out tonight. That's all I can handle of that. Is, is he singing M Martin or My Team? <laughs> I was made for loving you. Brackets, My Team is the official name of the track. Does he not know who he supports? <laughs> he supports his team. Is that not for France though? It's for France and it, it's in the English, la English language which has drawn a bit of criticism from French fans and from U UK media as well. Definitely deserves to. Um, it's by an artist called Skip the Use and of course it's a cover of the famous Kiss song. I, I dare say Kiss's version was slightly better. You know the way people say, I could sing better than that, and it, <laughs> it's very tongue-in-cheek. I literally can sing better than that. That's terrible. It's, yeah. Nobody uh, wants that sort of my team either. Like, I don't like the message. Yeah, it doesn't even say France. That, doesn't say that, France. You know what? He probably recorded that and then shopped it to every country and yeah. France bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that Sweden were like, no way. We're the home of ABBA. Do you know who you're talking to? Actually, that you know, see if that was for Sweden, I'd nearly like it more yep. for some reason. Yep. I think they could get away with that. France France they, has no part with that song. Let's put it into perspective. France are the host nations <laughs> of the Euros. Why isn't that song French? Why doesn't that song embody everything? Because there's such a great array of French music. That oh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't feel French, doesn't sound French. It sounds like a desperate Europop karaoke version of an old Kiss track. I don't and, like and that. And to be clear, you're not meaning like that sort of concertina <laughs> French thing, but no. but actually just Europop yeah, sort exactly, of thing would be yeah. good. Yeah. But, you know, just if you were There's to, loads of French hip-hop, there's loads yeah, of everything. Yeah, if you pick up the, the latest sort of top 20, top 40 tracks in France, I don't think many sound like that. And that, there's a good reason why. <laughs> so it doesn't capture the mood of the country. It doesn't capture the sound of the country. 
but um, it's made me a little bit sick in my chair. Well, <laughs> let's, let's move on then. I wonder if this one captures the sound of the country. This is La Roja Baya, um, which is the official anthem for Spain by Sergio Ramos. Did I say that right? Oh, I was just about to say, you can tell you're just back from Spain. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. With your tan or the accent? <laughs> la, la, la. agreement about yeah. that one that that's that's solid that's a solid euro pop song that sounds like spain i like that they say espana at the start <laughs> just in case you, you know they heard the french one and they thought doesn't sound very french we need to make sure people do not get this confused <laughs> there's, but there's going to be spanish singing I, let's not be complacent here and they just shout espana <laughs> that's beautiful and our little we, we were doing our own little uh, Michael and John translator service on that um, I'm trying to work out I think it means the dancing reds the yeah. team being the reds because their kit is red I their, don't speak they, Spanish but it sounds good doesn't their it? outfit is red their, their costume is that it? <laughs> go, let's go for a kit <laughs> <laughs> although wasn't Spain's kit the one that drew a bit of criticism in the lead up to the Euros they had an away kit that was described as uh, I think someone said it looked like someone had thrown a paella on it <laughs> Oh, we had all of the little orange triangles yeah, on a white, sh- all white strip with these like little orange splatters on it, and someone said it looked like some sort of breakfast disaster. I kind of liked that shirt. I saw that because uh, I think I must have been hovering over the shoulders of one of your presenters that day when they were googling it. Um, but I thought that was a good kit, although it did look a little bit like a mobile phone ad. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit too graphic designer in 2015. I'm not fussed on it myself, but then again, I'm. I don't think it's that uh, hidden anyway. I don't really like the Northern Ireland home shirt either. So Ooh. I've got the away top. I think it's lovely. I just don't <laughs> like the I don't like the home top at What's all. What's wrong with the home top? It just looks like a training kit. The, the wee blue line across it. I have to be honest. It doesn't look as bad as it did when they unveiled it. You see, when you actually see it on, yeah, on players, and then you know you, you go and grab it in a shop or whatever, and you think, oh, okay, it's all right. It's hard to tell sometime in the press photo before you see people actually wearing it and in motion and all So that. I don't, I mean, when it came out, I thought I hated it. I don't hate it, but mm. I'm not overly fussed on it. That's why I didn't buy it. I've got the away top. And the away top's just white, right? It's white with green, yeah. I mean, mm. the green and white army, I, I still couldn't figure out why there was little bits of blue on the Northern Ireland yeah. kit, really. I just wasn't fussed. Well, you're a bit of a geek, so you should really go for the, the left field choice of getting the away kit, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, what's England's fashions like these days? Are they putting on fancy logos Random or patterns? And and stuff. You know, the, there's a real thing at the moment of going for matching shirt and shorts and then just having bright, different coloured socks. That seems to be the thing going, oh, look at us. <laughs> they Sometimes when I look at international football teams now, I think like they've all arrived in maybe one big sort of journey together 
And then they just kind of went, Flip, where's our socks? And they've just grabbed the nearest <laughs> pile. And that's why none of them have quite the right color socks for their kits. Right. We, speaking, like France and England accidentally swapped or something. Well, right, right beside the shop, the socks are something I'm quite interested in, the shoes, because I don't know why we're in 2016. How can these managers, agents, shoe companies, representatives all just get it together and get everyone, no matter what brand they're sponsored by, to wear the same colored shoe? And make their team look that little bit more together on the pitch. You see, when I started doing football commentaries, the a really good tip I was given um, was to note the colour of a player's boots. And that was because if a player's down injured on his back, you can't see his number, so you might know who it is. Ah. So if you want to identify a player, oh, well, it's the one person wearing bright orange boots. Now it's got to the point where barely anyone's wearing black like everyone's got these garish colours so now you almost are more inclined to write black bits as a, <laughs> how, how rustic and novel of him you know uh, but that's very you're, much the you're case like, so neon shoes with turquoise stripe with red arrow on left that's how you define it and then when they have two different colour bits I just lose the plot all together don't did like you do that. that? oh yeah is that a thing now? that's a thing I don't like that either I'm really old fashioned in that regard bring back I, the brown leather ball just do it yeah I, I always the the most what was the brightest pair of boots I had a pair of silver boots and they were quickly binned I just was one for always wearing black boots mm. but I was just the defender just got stuck into tackles all the, I always think that the if you wear bright green boots or bright red boots or bright gold boots or whatever you need to be really good because people are looking at you oh, you need to be really good and quite often now it's there's quite a few footballers um more prepared to look good than play good. It was funny because there was a massive kick up in the Turkish media um, over this on uh, on Sunday afternoon. I didn't see, I watched the game and didn't notice this, but it was on uh, Twitter later on. The, the Turkish press went ballistic. Croatia beat Turkey 1-0. Um, look at Modric scored from outside the box, but there was a defending Is player. Is he the wee one? Sorry. Yeah, he's jump. quite small. Oh, he's great. I saw him. I saw a highlight of that. He, so he scores this great <laughs> volley. But the player that was meant to be tackling him as he ran out of the box was actually brushing his hair. So he's kind of going, oh, my hair is falling to one side instead of making the tackle. Oh, dear. So brilliant by whoever noticed that. By the way, I was in stitches, but it wouldn't be very funny if you're the team, you know, depending on that player. And he's going, oh, my hair is a mess today. That both that says two things at once. It says, yes, we can spot everything that's happening on the pitch. So don't do anything that's going to get yeah. you in the trouble and see that little elbow that you make. People are going to pick it up, that little maybe slap to the thigh or near the groin. People are going to see it. Yeah. Don't do it. And also, that it's just proving what people suspect is that footballers are all just, you know, um, want to be male models. And I'm going to hang a treat here for anybody that really wants it, okay? I don't think, it, I don't want to um, lower the tone of this uh, great program at all. But if anyone <laughs> wants do. to go and see what the German football manager did. Google good German football manager Euros. Yeah, Joachim oh, Love. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> it was interesting what he was doing. He was caught doing something in the dugout. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, well, we we leave that to you to uh, search on the internet. Um, there's been loads of great sneaky highlights of basketball plays because we're in the middle of the NBA finals right now, and I'm, I'm holding, my, I'm biting my tongue not talking about it because we've got this international tournament, but we're in the middle of the biggest NBA uh, tournament, which is their, their yearly uh, finals. And it's the Golden State Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Michael, you're partially aware of what's happening yeah. around basketball. I was a massive basketball fan growing up. I, I do look in and stuff, but I have drifted a little bit. Um, it's a sport I always loved. I played basketball and had Ulster trials and all that sort of stuff. And was lucky enough on two occasions to play with the Harlem Globetrotters, which is something that will last a lifetime. Those memories, those guys are incredibly skilled. 
Yeah, I'm interested in basketball. I also won an All-Ireland Letter Writing competition <laughs> right into the cast of Space Jam, which is a basketball movie, kind of. Y- yeah. So I got a signed Space Jam. I mean, signed by who? But so, you know what I mean? The cartoons, I don't, it's very strange. But I did, as a, like an eight-year-old, get a signed Space Jam basketball, a letter saying I was the winner, my picture in the <sighs> Belfast Telegraph or something. And uh, Primary school me is so jealous of primary school you right yeah, now. And, and £100, which at that age, I was convinced was like, I don't need a job. A <laughs> hundred pounds in your face, mom and dad. You know, I thought I could. I thought a hundred pounds is so much money. It was wow. brilliant. Um, you know what? Space Jam Two is rumored to be in the production um, le- with LeBron James in the Michael Jordan role. So yeah, that's maybe going to get you back into the game. I'm interested to see though what kind of token stroke gimmick basketball players they draft in because when I watched Space Jam, I didn't appreciate that. That wasn't just the best basketball players of all time. There was a couple of players just chosen because they were particularly oh, yeah. large or particularly small. You know, Muggsy was... Bogues. I thought Muggsy Bogues <laughs> was the greatest basketball player <laughs> no. of all time because I watched Space Jam. Yeah, any Space Jam fans out there, you know the really small one. That was Muggsy Bogues, who actually is, I think, the smallest or the lightest basketball player of all time in the NBA. Obviously, there's smaller people I play, <laughs> but uh, he was the smallest NBA player of all time and was just drafted and cast in the movie because he was tiny. But he was he was good. He made no, the he was NBA. Really good. Uh, there was some other guy who was really tall. Uh, I think he was a European player. Um, but the other three were Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, and Patrick Ewan, living legends. So, really yeah. good. Yeah, really good. But those other two. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, that's a the podcast for a different time. Me fantasy picking the Space Jam cast so, you but know, the reason I brought up basketball because we're talking about like little things getting caught on camera so many sh- crotch grabs this year a low blows karate chops to, to the nether regions happening please stop it <laughs> yeah Draymond Green <laughs> think of the children <laughs> so let's get back let's bring it over to uh, the UK and okay. Great Britain so we've got England's song for the tournament and it's done by a group called Four Lions, but it's actually um, just uh, Sean from Happy Mondays and the Black Grape guys and Bez is in the video and stuff. So it's called We Are England, brackets radio edit. Who, who calls things a radio edit these days? <laughs> They're living in the 90s. This is right, brackets. Play us. Play us. <laughs> we think we're getting a played. Yeah, I think you can tell by my upturned lip, Michael. I'm <laughs> not massively keen on that one. Although it's kind of reminding me a little bit of Sean's resurgent track when he guesses with the gorillas. Um, yeah. It's coming up, it's coming up, it's there. There's a little bit of that dare. on it. Um, but I don't love that. <laughs> yeah, it's really throwback, which I guess is good. But... It, it kind of, when it started, I got excited by it. I was like, yeah, okay, right. And then it kept going and going and going. And then by the time the verse kicked in, I was already sleeping on the floor. It's just a bit repetitive. Um, do you, know, do you think, think people this... will be ch- chanting that on? No. Do people chant the official songs at football games anymore? Or they just do their own rarely. niche ones. No, very, very rarely. We supporters have their own chants that they like, and they, you know, quite often the best chants aren't released in the charts, and there's probably a yeah. good reason for that. 
So <laughs> is there a file? Yeah. So now nah, I don't. I don't think it should be taken too seriously. I do think football songs used to be better, but it used to be a thing. You see, when you got to the FA Cup final in England, mm. you released an FA Cup final song, and I remember that kind of dying out as I was a kid. Yeah. And I just think it's brilliant because Man United have. You know, it's one of the, the, the many records as a football team, but also they have uh, more top 10 singles than any other football <laughs> team as well. You know, there's some weird thing like that. Uh, oh, yeah. What team do you support? Manchester United. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, you know, they did release a couple of cracking songs. To be fair, that wasn't great. But England have had some wonderful songs over the years. They have, and great segue, because I did want to play some of them. Um we're on the ball was good. Oh, I did. I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> what can you remember what tournament this was actually for? Oh, we're on the ball would have been two thousand and two, would it? I think so, yeah. So that would have been the World Cup in um, Korea, Japan. Oh, you're very good. I knew you were the expert. This is on the deck. <laughs> kind of forget that Anton Deck had a former life as an amazing pop act oh how good that was I, just they had to get in the wee reference of hammering Germany as well didn't they with <laughs> Emil Heskey go it, it was a really good I actually forgot that the verses weren't as memorable but the chorus was great it, yep. even now I kind of want to join in I have time for Anton Deck I think I, I'll, I'll scrub Is celebrity <laughs> I'll, I'll scrub celebrity get me out of here from I, 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 don't, I don't like celebrity torture television okay <laughs> But but I, I, I can I can be onside or offside with Anton Deck. Explain the offside rule, Michael, for any listeners who. Well, in the simplest I'm, form, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so that was we're on the ball by Anton Deck. A good a good English football song. They're one up though by uh, Bedell and Skinner uh, and oh. their collaboration with the Lightning Seeds. Really, really good. Strip it of its context, and it, it's, it's still got a great. Uh, descending bass line in the chorus it's got all the hallmarks of a great catchy melody it's wonderful and Badil and Skinner as they were doing this started to get loads of football themed TV programs as well yes, yeah. which were just genius they were so good and Stato who used to be a bit of a cult hero in those programs um, follows me on Twitter yes shout out to Stato <laughs> what a guy We'll go on getting back, so I'm getting back, so I'm getting back, so I'm getting back. Seen it all before. They just 
So Three Lions there by Badil and Skinner on the Lightning Seeds. I really love that. I like the fact it's called Three Lions, but the football's coming home is such a, a chant that you can yeah. do as well. That was just such a self-aware song. I mean, it's Euro 96, it's coming, football is coming home. You know, football is going to be staged in England for this tournament. And they went on, they got to the semi-finals and famously lost in a penalty shootout to Germany. That's the penalty I think I embarrassingly cried at because for some reason I was supporting England in that one. Yeah. Uh, before, I, before I remembered that, the golden rule for all sports fans on this island and the other island apart from people in England is to root against England. <laughs> Seems to be the rule. I mean, it, it didn't carry across in my house because my paternal grandfather was Scottish and my, and my maternal grandmother was English. So we had influences from all over the place in our house. So I just kind of liked everybody, supported Northern Ireland and hoped everyone else did well. And as we were never in the tournaments, I just kind of went, <laughs> You have to have a surrogate fan, right? <laughs> Who was it? Southgate? South yeah. Sadly, Gareth Southgate. Gareth um, Southgate. You know, people to this day still wonder why Paul Ince didn't step up and hit that penalty. He, he maintains <sighs> that he was next in line, but we'll never know. So it was it was an unfortunate one there. England, after such a great campaign and, and having played so well again and, you know, demolished a, a giant team like Holland and getting mm. there and all the rest of it. They came up against the Germans. They fought all the way through, you know, Gaza's tears, et cetera, et cetera, and gone to penalties and then... Heartache once again for England. You just can't beat that solid German engineering, can you? Um, actually, w- w- we're still on the England tangent, but just for a minute, do you want to hear the solid engineering of Germany's song for this year in the Euros? Oh, I really do. Wir sind fest im Jetzt. Es geht auf und nach vorn. Eine neue Aufgabe. Es wird gespielt, nicht verloren. Die Furcht vom Fall, die lohnt sich nicht. Denn jeder Versuch ist ein Schatz in sich. Es gibt Reste von Zweifel, die deine Herzen durchwühlen. Aber es ist nur der Ad, der sich alleine anfühlt. Und der nächste Berg, der nach Erklimmen schreit. Keine Ungewissheit, die alles besser weiß. Im Ball der Gefühle als Teil der Sinfonie. Alle Gedanken gehen auf einen Wurf, dein Team und das That's uh, Jeder für Jeden, I think that's how you pronounce that. Uh, the that's German is niche good, John. That's <laughs> is niche good. It's niche something. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, France, what were you doing? Spain and Germany, you know. Well, it's funny because what we've just done there is, you know, France, Spain and Germany are the three teams most likely to win the Euros. And we've heard their entries and based on the music, Spain are dancing their way to success. I think it's got to be Spain. Like the German song is probably 15th place Eurovision song. It's bad. It's bad, and the thing is, well, <laughs> it it's such a harsh language that when you sing it with when you sing with such conviction in German, you just yeah. sound a little angrier than all the other countries mm. when you're singing. It's an unfortunate truth. I think that's how we sound when we talk to people. Um, I mean, me saying we as in we are Northern Irish. I think I think there's a lot of football fans going over to France asking, "Could you give me a bottle of water, please?" In their local shop there, and they're probably scared of them. 
they're probably painted in green and white, and that's really why they're scared about the accents not I helping. Think we, okay, I think we get on with everybody. We're okay. Um, Northern Ireland fans have been pretty well behaved so far as well. But there is the great thing about sort of the Northern Irish way is we can say words like mate mm. and sound really menacing. You all right, mate? <laughs> What's wrong, buddy? You got a problem, pa? You go, oh, I'm right. not your pal, mate. I'm not your buddy guy. You know, <laughs> we can rework South Park right on this uh, podcast today. But no, I mean, it's, it's there is a weird, we can't do that as well. We can do intimidating. Uh, we've learned that. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think that German song, unfortunately, um, rather than being Euro charts, is probably Euro trash. Oh, um, well, speaking of of that, them being one of the front runners in the tournament, do you think it is Germany, Spain, France, the the, the traditional set of Euro yeah, it's teams? the it's the typical sort of superpowers. France as a host nation are typically favourites. They, uh, I think, the last time they hosted the European Championships, they won it. They won yeah. the World Cup the last time they hosted it. So it's a side that when they are at home are up for the big occasion. Do you get a home advantage when you're it's the, in this it's sort of international the fans, scene? I think, and, and you're in the stadiums that your players are familiar with playing right. in. And the you know the mental state that you're in coming into it, I think, does an awful lot. Sure. The, the pride. But having said that, I drew France in the work sweepstake. I was very pleased <laughs> on Friday about that. But I watched their game against Romania, or I watched part of it, and they weren't very good. So... Um, France need to improve if they want to be considered the favourites. Germany have been the best of the teams I've seen so far. A lot of people are saying this is England's best chance, but um, I'll <laughs> stick with every year. <laughs> I know I'm going to stick with my. I'm going to stick with my. Not with my heart, not with my head, but with my sweepstake. Yes, because uh, it worked out last time we did a work sweepstake was for the World Cup, and I got Germany, and Germany won it. So why change a winning recipe? Have you ever considered gambling? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't actually. <laughs> Good, keep it that way. So, well, let's go back to that little England tangent because we didn't play one of their best songs, one of their best uh, World Cup songs, or was it a Euro song? Uh, New Orders, World in Motion. I think it was the 1990 World Cup from memory. Mm. Um, it's a really good song and it's hard to beat that John Barnes rap. You've got to hold and give but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get round the back. Catch me if you can, cause I'm the What a rap that was. Uh-huh. I had completely forgotten about that. It's brilliant. Do you know, I was just Googling there while we were listening and John Barnes, uh, the footballer, actually wrote that rap himself. Can you tell? And apparently recorded it in one take. Do you know, the brilliant thing is, if you've ever seen that video, he looks so contented himself for knowing the words <laughs> to his own rap. Brilliant. And it's one of those things, I was watching like an old rerun of Family Fortunes. It couldn't have been that old because it was hosted by Vernon Kay, but... Um, John Barnes and his family were on that and Vernon was like go on do do the rap go on do the rap and he still knew the words (laughs) I would know the words if I had done a rap on a New Order song I just I just thought it was really funny but it's uh, it's a good track it's catchy and again 
It includes the fan chanty sort of element to it, which allows you to get involved. But that's it's a very good it's a good song. There's a lot of them that sort of miss that key element of trying to be a song in the first instance. <laughs> yeah, they get a bit distracted with what's going to be catchy and it ends up not actually being catchy. But yeah. also New Order, you know, have uh, have that respectability behind them as well. You know, they're a, they have a lot of equity. Right. More so than a lot of the other bands that put out these sort of songs. Um, you sort of wonder how they even... Well, yeah, their manager, Tony Wilson, who was, you know, behind the Hacienda and breaking all those Manchester bands, he was a bit of a wheeler dealer. So he probably, uh, you know... Strong arm the FA into doing that. Yeah, I reckon the players got a shock though when oh you're going to get an official song. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to be on it. Pardon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what at what point John Barnes went. I'll do a rap. Uh, or whether His he rap was is so to. good. It's so in line as well with like eighties rap voice. He's clearly like a fan of the music. Then yeah. you know an early adopter in the UK. Probably. Although he kind of talks like <laughs> this all the time. But that's how they did, and it always rhymed. <laughs> Nice. Um, so that, I think that's our little trio of that's our three lions of uh, good good England songs. Um, let's let's take it a little bit closer to home because Ireland actually has two songs in Ooh. this year uh, by sh- a, a group called Shaw and We have the Irish Roar. Okay. Let's hear a bit of that. Nineteen ninety era dreams, quarterfinals. Who'd believe? Parky saved Dave made a scream. Danced on tables, seas of green. Fires on revenge, a sweet ray. Hunting on his magic feet. And out for the shot, and it's in South Korea and Japan, Robbie stuck the ball past Can, past and found we sang and sang, booting down the autobahn. Now it's to a different land. Oh, Our land and his team at hand. Absolutely no question about it. And France have stolen the lead on Aggregate. And now we're on our way down the Champs Elysees. Submission you know, to the to the competition of best Euro songs. I'm gonna be honest. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, you've got all the context of what's gone before. You've got classic clips of commentary. So you like the commentary clips? I love it. Yeah, for me, a football song needs to tell a story. It can't just mm. be a diddly dee support the team. It needs to be something more. So. If you'd never followed the Republic of Ireland, and I would imagine a lot of people listening to this maybe haven't, if you listen to that, you get the whole, okay, well, this happened, that happened. You get a bit of a story there. Gets you get keen the, in. You get the passion. You hear the name of the manager and the system manager. And even just the, you know, booting down the autobahn, all that. I, I don't know. I just <laughs> love it. I think there's a really fun feeling to that. So I was a bit worried at the start. Yes, you know, I was worried of it breaking into. There's an Irish wrestler called Seamus, and I thought it was going to turn into his song for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all that Celtic mysticism with a, a breathy reverb, but it didn't. It got better. No, it, it did. On. I mean, they got to dig in about Henri and his was it a thieving hand. I think they said oh, there. Uh, so there's a there's lots of lines in there that will resonate with fans of the Republic of Ireland. I I really do. I know it won't be for everyone. But I think that's a, a belter. I think you can sing along with that as well, that one. Definitely. There's another It's one of those one. dangerous ones though when you're driving because you're tapping your foot and you're kind of go, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> There's another Irish one here by Dave Conway uh, and it's called Ireland Abu, which would be Up Ireland. Republic of Ireland coming true. Ireland, 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 a boo. We're Ireland's great army and we'll win through. 
We don't mind if you strike our place for Barca, Luna, Man United, Munich or Madrid. Cause when the boys in green are on the ball, oh man on man, we can beat them all. That's really the old school of comedy football song, right? I thought that was a Father Ted entry for a moment. I really did. <laughs> um, My lovely, know, lovely, lovely horse. I kind of like the chorus, though. I can get on board with the chorus. Oh, dear. <laughs> it, it's, it's an awful lot of fun. We'll give them that. I like his voice. He makes me happy. I just don't think it's a particularly yeah. magical song. You know, I was smiling the whole way through it, though, so I guess yeah. that's a good sign. I mean... It's the kind of just, let's not take yourself seriously. It's the, ah, come on about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. It definitely reinforces, I guess, what other European countries think is Ireland, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, in, in the complete like polar opposite way to France's approach to the things. <laughs> we'll be so non-French about this. Here, have some really bad English singing. <laughs> Do you know what as well? France has such a great like France uh, have annoyed me today. <laughs> house scene as well. Yeah, we keep going back to that. France, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, France were pants. Sorry. Um, well, we're coming very close to home now. Uh, we're going to cross the border. Um, I was going to nearly make a Brexit joke there, but it's too soon. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Get us pulled off air. Uh, At got- this point, we don't have any preference which way you vote. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> we've got two songs for Northern Ireland we have one which I think is probably about to start a legal battle because it's been pulled off YouTube uh, I think it there was, there was talk that it entered the iTunes chart I'm not quite sure how it did um, but it's the Will Griggs on Fire remix he will score goals we will score just more and more he will score goals he will score them all uh, Will Griggs on Fire well, this is this is for a charity. So, I, I mean, obviously, copyright is very important. You need proper permission to do things, yeah, etc. But I do think anybody that's trying to stop a charity making money needs to look at themselves. <laughs> well, let's see who that person would be because the original artist was Hugala. <laughs> and it was the original song was Freed from Desire. Freed from Desire. Da, na, 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 na. And then they changed that to Will Grieg is on fire. And the really embarrassing thing is that when I heard there was a Will Grieg is on fire chant, the immediate sound that came to my head was, oh, so it goes, Will Greg is on fire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, oh, I didn't, no. <laughs> luckily I didn't go to a game and start that one. Oh. Do you not think that would work though? That one is a bit... No, I, I, I like the way it is. I like it the way it is. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, the Will Griggs on fire song is great, but it is bananas how people who do not support Northern... Uh, okay, right. Wigan fans were singing it first and then Northern Ireland fans yeah. have adopted it. Grant it. But when fans of other countries are singing it, it's a bit strange. There was loads of lads in the Republic of Ireland have been videoed singing this and a couple now have tried to change it to Shane Long's on fire. But Isn't that the nature of the football chant though that uh, the tunes get appropriated and different clubs have their own wording for different yeah, things? I suppose that's true. But I thought, I thought, it, was, I thought it was really weird to see all these different countries initially singing Will Griggs on fire. Your defense is terrified. And we're like, no, 
Your defense is terrified. <laughs> you know, it's a, that sort of weird like ownership battle for him for a while. But yeah, it's, it's a good chant. Um, have have the other teams been singing it though with the actual words, or are they just thinking, "Oh, tune"? Oh, <laughs> I think, I think it's exactly that. There was um, the England game against Russia. I was driving back from Dublin that night, and at halftime, the commentators were discussing how things were going in the first half. There was no goals at that point, and all the rest of it. And the DJ, um, there was a DJ in the stadium put that song on and the England fans were singing it. Now, I don't know whether there was a big Wigan contingent or whether English fans recognised that it's been a song that Wigan would sing as well. Yeah. But they were joining in Will Griggs on Fire during the English Russia the England-Russia game, which I thought was quite funny. Maybe maybe we could be like the sort of the underdog, you know, fan favourite team from other countries this year. Maybe because, you know, there's, there's always that team who everyone sort of gets behind, you know, maybe halfway through the tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah they're, they're doing well maybe I'll get behind them my team's got booted out <laughs> you never know I mean if we can make it through we'd probably be a few people's sort of underdog side or second team especially seeing that we were meant to be the Netherlands or something like this <laughs> like there's people um, posting on Facebook oh my uh, my Euro bracket has the Netherlands instead of Northern <laughs> Ireland how did that happen? People just thought a team beginning with ends in this can't be them <laughs> the, the, no when Northern Ireland qualified I have to be honest a lot of colleagues um, in England were very very flattering you know and I was speaking to a couple of people from Five Live and Match of the Day and stuff who were so delighted Northern Ireland made it because a lot of those English commentators you have to remember as well would have covered Northern Irish games oh, and yeah. would have probably been there for not scoring for a very long time and, the and, and not winning you know they'd have seen a lot of the lows and probably just thought this is a rather poor team mm-hmm. and they'd have been right now Northern Ireland have more than turned a corner under Michael O'Neill and no matter how much longer he stays on for we need to be incredibly grateful for what he's done and recognise the achievement. You know, Northern Ireland didn't scrape through in qualifiers or anything. Northern Ireland won their group. That's remarkable. The achievements down to him and those players and the belief that he instilled in that squad. And, you know, well, Greg, the, the chant is brilliant. It captures everybody um, in terms of the, the moment and the excitement and the feel of the place. And there's a question to be asked of how much game time is he going to get and will he be on fire on the pitch so well, much? It sort of feels like the chant nearly got him selected for the team. The fact that there's this massive fan um, surge in his his way, like his big fan favourite. How could you leave him off the team at this stage? Well, the players sing the song and I know Will Grigg downloaded it himself. <laughs> um, he, now, he says, in fairness to him, he says he did that because it was going to charity, so he wanted yeah. to make a contribution. But the players keep him going about the song and I think it helps add to the the good nature and the good atmosphere within the camp. So anything that helps. And to be honest, you know, it sounds really silly, but you see with that song and what that does for his own personal confidence. Oh, yeah. You sort of think, throw him on and give him a chance because it's funny what you can do when your mind's in the right place and his is at the moment. Oh, like I tell you what, that's that feeling of um, the psychology that goes on amongst players for individual players, the effort that people are putting in, the body language people are presenting when they're on the on the pitch so evident that that is so impactful on who scores and who doesn't and it's it's not just down to the tactics and the thing it's it's people's personalities and their mood on the day so yeah I, I can only imagine that that chant bursting through the stadium when he gets put on say in a second half could just revitalize the team maybe for a half I don't know I, Michael it has been a pleasure getting your expertise on all these football songs it's a really important part of the game I feel like you know football um, 
Football is a religion. Football is, you know? People watch, and yeah, it's it's an art form. Um, the whole thing that surrounds it, uh, the, down to the gutties and the socks, as right. we were talking about earlier. Um, you, the thing we need to get is entrance songs for individual players. That'd be great, <laughs> like the wrestling. <laughs> and I mean, could I'm, you imagine? I don't know how we didn't get talking about wrestling because that's all we talk about any other time we see it's each true. other. So uh, maybe I'll get you back on the jail case for a little wrestling show, maybe coming up to SummerSlam. Would you I would be happy to be, to- I would love to come back on. It's been an awful lot of fun and I could talk, I could talk football to the cows come home, but uh, reliving some of the songs has been really nice as well. So thank you very much. Well, I imagine you're going to play some of these again on Friday for the score, maybe to celebrate the Euros. Please, yes, do tune in two o'clock on Lisburn's 98FM. And uh, it's this Friday and we'll be looking at how Northern Ireland did, not just against Poland, but against, by that stage, Ukraine as well. So we could be through to the next round, everybody. <laughs> We're not dealing with any other eventuality at the moment. I like to be optimistic. Let's not be like England, though, and get disappointed right. if we like, so let's, concede let's a goal. Keep the spirits high. Yeah. So, no, I'm very proud of Northern Ireland no matter what. So, look, it's been great fun doing this. And um, thanks for having me. If you want to hear Michael's show, yes, it's on Fridays on Lisburn's 98FM. It's the score at 2pm. Uh, but you can also, it's on our podcast network on Audioboom. If you search Lisbon's 98FM, the score's there. Every week, Michael puts the show up, as do I. I put the jail case up, so you can find us there. Uh, we're going to finish the show on a song that, you know, I was I was feeling a little bit, oh, not this one again, because uh, the, the We're Not Brazil, We're Northern Ireland chant emerged from one particular game and it's sort of like, it's been our blanket, our comfort blanket of chants since that time. I thought, oh, we'll get a new song maybe. But they've adapted the We're Not Brazil, We're Northern Ireland song, updated the lyrics and all that there. Can I just say, first of all, I, I do love the song. They've updated it in a brilliant way and it's been updated by a friend of mine, Ivan Martin. And a lot of people know him from U105 and from yeah. being a you know reporter across all the football grounds over the course of the season. Ivan recently underwent open heart surgery. And I was speaking to his son earlier and I believe he's on the mend slowly but surely. So he's done a stellar job in this and he's a wonderful professional and I wouldn't be where I am in my career without Ivan. So I think it's very fitting to to end the show on this for a a great broadcaster and a great man. It's not a bad song either. Yes, Ivan's been really supportive of loads of local talent. You know, he used to play me on his radio show as well. So Did he? He's done us both a good turn, Michael. Fuck Ivan. Uh, so yeah, Ivan, we're thinking of you. And, what was uh, he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks again. This has been me, John Darcy, with The Jail Case, and our guest tonight has been Michael Clark uh, from Lisburn's 98FM. We're going to finish the show on Ivan Martin's new version of We're Not Brazil, We're Northern Ireland, and hopefully our team can maybe get a couple of goals in and maybe we'll see the next round. I'll take on gold at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) Night, night. Oh, my eyes have seen the glory of Hispania 82 When little Northern Ireland showed the world what we could do Now Michael is our leader and we're coming after you And that's...